Hello and welcome back to We Not Me, the podcast where we explore how humans connect to get stuff done together. I'm Dan Hammond. And I am Pia Lee. Oh, season, season seven. Indeed, indeed. We're back after a little little break over the winter for you and over the summer for me. Yeah. Um, we are getting stuck into this up to up to the end of the year. So yeah, it's exciting, exciting. We've got we've actually got some another batch of great guests lined up. It's going to be a cracker. Yeah, I know I have. It's got got some great people. Really looking forward to to meeting them actually. And we're in quite an extraordinary. It's been a quite an interesting summer really. You know, we've we've got a former US president who's who's now been charged for criminal cases in all kinds then, of places, yes. Yeah, paces and Cases. And then um, and then finally, after refusing to quit and his mother going on hunger strike, the Spanish FIFA president who who gave a non-consensual kiss at the World Cup has finally resigned. Yes, about time. Yeah, so having taken, just dominated the news cycle when it should have been on women's football and the amazing, amazing World, World Cup. Yeah, he's done incredible damage in so many ways, but gone, fortunately. And then Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> are going to be sparring one another in a cage fight because, of course, that's really important news. Don't get us started, Pia. We've been growling about Gah. this on the podcast before. And then we've got a another referendum, which are not experiences that bring countries together. We've both have been, been part of that one. Um, and we've got something called The Voice, which is going to be launched in October in Australia regarding um, indigenous representation in the government. So that's quite a big time in in history for us. It's I've been following this a little bit, but is that on the ground? Is that is that proving divisive like these things so often are, or how's it going? I, I mean, it depends how much you read the press and how much you're looking at it. But if you ignore that and you have normal conversations with people, I think I think people are quite sensible. It's a much more complex situation, it, and it and when you give a simple yes or no, it's quite reductionist, and it's not. It's it's it, there's a there's there's a lot of elements to really consider, but I'm hoping that everyone will go to to the referendum with the with the conscience and the higher intent of of trying to do the best thing. And yeah, I mean, it's 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 so interesting. I'm hoping when we go through this, talking about how humans connect to get things done, the referendum seems to be, as you say, a terrible instrument. I mean, we you so often actually end up with a uh, an outcome that no one wants. You know, it, it's it's weird. It's boiled. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a strange old business. It seems like such a logical and just a brilliant sort of cut and dried form of democracy but it's 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 sort of the worst and causes division and and actually dissatisfaction so yeah it's craziness so i hope that goes well for australia so that's it. and then and then finally gosh it was a pretty catastrophic weather situation we had some terrible weather across the summer wildfires and floods and storms right across the world fires in canada for goodness sake so that's that there's a lot of that and then we go into the sort of the fall as it is in the northern hemisphere into the autumn and the spring down here but you know growth is forecast to drop um and there's sort of quite a pronounced slowdown is predicted for advanced economies so oh we, we've we've got quite a lot of <laughs> uncertainty yeah and this seems to filter into all the teams that we work with don't they you can feel this absolutely 
Absolutely. People on edge, yeah. I, would, I would say. Yeah, just trying to figure things out still. We haven't settled again. Yeah, unknown, uncertainty, lots of change. Um, a tremendous human resilience to, to work, work their way through it, you know, and it, but um, it's prolonged. It, it's, it's a prolonged thing. Yeah. And so I hope today's episode is going to give people a little, it's a shorty, but a goodie, we hope, where we're going to review season six and see what we can take forward to season, to, you know, as we into the coming months and what we could, we, we could learn from that season. But of course we've, um, yeah, trying to inspire people to dig deep into that collective DNA and be extraordinary together. And we've taken a slightly different approach this time, Pierre, haven't we, to our we we uh, we tend to review the shows and talk about it. What we did this time was because one of the things we're working on is putting AI into the Squadify platform, and um, part of that has been to so basically get the AI to trawl all the We Not Me episodes and serve them up for teams who little pieces of of the content of our guests relevant content. So if someone's having an issue with clarity, they'll be served something up by one of our guests over the last seven six six seasons that's going to really help them so we actually use that same technology to summarize the season it was really interesting wasn't it amazing so and this was um benjamin dehon's comment he said you've got to be very conscious about the way that you use ai so we did so we've been able to classify all the content from season six and create three themes so we're going to look at those one of these is a value of disagreement and diverse perspectives. The second one was around empowerment and autonomy. And the third one was around community and shared goals. So really well, really interesting way of cutting the content as we look as we looked at that. So let let's let's dive into <laughs> what that is because i think one of the things that's exciting about ai that when i when i when i've been in my reading is that they that ai will see things in ways that we haven't seen them before you know an ai basically reinvented chess because we just hadn't seen it now i'm not saying we've done anything of that scale but you know th these three was a really great way to cut the thing so um that first one value of disagreement and uh, taking diverse perspectives we had a couple of episodes that covered this, didn't we? I, I'm, I'm springing, the one springing to mind is Matthew Bellringer in the, the last episode, agree, How to Disagree, which was, which was just really powerful. I think a very popular episode as well. He really left us with that whole idea. We've become very reductionist in the way that we see things. You know, this, this ability to make it a simple case when they're quite complex challenges. And, and he really encouraged us to be more open to be inquiring, use different perspectives to really understand a more broader view of things. And he said to really watch out for assumptions and being right, you know, because, you know, sometimes we can feel threatened, but. <laughs> yeah, it's quite, it was surprising thought that around that sort of the brain really seeing these things as a threat. It's interesting. It explains a lot of that sort of behavior, doesn't it, around status. And yes, he said, no one has a monopoly on the truth, which is, I, I think this, this is a great place to start because I think any team, any team leader or team member could think about that as a way, okay, how do I, how do I bring in more perspectives here? How do I let my own perspective go and put that in the mix and, and sort of try to let go of that 
uh, ability to be right. I think the other one that plays into that was Richard Clayton, again, was late in the season. I've just found that a fascinating episode, talking about ironic leadership and how equally sort of people take different approaches to deal with the absurdity of what they're having to deal with sometimes. You know, organizations can be a bit strange. And I thought it was a fascinating piece of work that he'd done on leaders who actually approach that in a different way. And the power of the wry smile, I think we both like that, you know, just uh, without getting too buried in things, but actually just uh, see it uh, see it for what it is. And he really challenged some of the sort of perspectives of Simon Sinek too around, you know, finding purpose at work. And he talked much more about find purpose for yourself and then align it to work. But don't get too absorbed by the the sugar sort of candy floss <laughs> yeah, exactly. of, of, a, and, of a company's purpose. And I found that really f- particularly fascinating because, you, you know, you and I, like a lot of leadership consultants, have done a lot of work on that end of things. And um, it's it is, even when you're doing it, you, you sort of feel, yeah, yeah this, is a, this, is a, this is a nuanced subject, isn't it? Because it's great if you can align to your company's purpose. And obviously that's, um, that's something the organizations would love. But actually his point was quite powerful. You can't rely on your workplace to give you purpose. You, you've got to realize you have to have it and then align it to that one. So it's, um, yeah, that was, it's, a, it's a good, it's a salutary lesson. <laughs> that's for sure. And then we looked at this whole notion. So we, we need to get diverse and, 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 and see things differently. But then how do we give empowerment and how do we make people feel that they've got autonomy inside a team? And that's something that definitely is shifting, you know, as we are, you know, much more adopting hybrid ways of working. The speed of things is working. It's a, it's a much more um, dissipated way of working. And we so... Tom McLaughlin was really interesting because he, he uses himself as the human experiment of removing hierarchy out of out of the team and changing the absolute complete way that that they work. Yeah, and he's constantly learning. And Juliet joined us early in the season to talk about how clarity is not being served up. You know, the importance is there, but the clarity is not there. And of course, that's an interesting tension actually when you're trying to push autonomy out. You know, if you've got a team of teams, how do you organize them maintaining that autonomy but not letting clarity go? Um, I think that, uh, that, that's, that's, uh, that seemed to me in, in Tom's conversation a, a, a constant challenge because saying to a big group of people, oh, do whatever you want, that's not it. Um, it's actually working out these more subtle ways to maintain clarity, I think. You also went on holiday quite regularly as well, and that was a good way to be able to, <laughs> That's right. That's to right. put autonomy back into everyone else's hands. <laughs> we met Sahira Sumar back again, this time talking about diversity inclusion with her client in, in West Africa. This was fascinating, absolutely fascinating, about how to create a, a whole cultural transformation through values of people that were across a broad range of tribes and countries and experience and cultures. Whoa, trying to find the common ground was was really interesting. But she she really, I think, really articulated cleverly about how shared values and behavior lead much better to collaboration. You can't make people collaborate. You've got to find them what they can collaborate on. Yeah. And I, I think that was, that was sort of an extreme case. The work that she's doing is, and the work that the organization is doing is amazing. But that sort of extreme diver, d- diversity sort of helped 
I think shed some light on what any team can do. And that, as you say, is actually getting those shared values and behaviors down. We very often try to sort of make this granular sort of right. You know, I think we talked about this in the wrap up to the show, but it, it really trying to too much in a way, understand the cultural norms of where that person comes from. Whereas actually there are bigger differences within them between. And actually if you keep looking and breaking things up, you think, no, actually, I'm going to have to deal with you as an individual, work with you as an individual, and really work on that instead of trying to have a sort of checklist of things in your culture. It's not, um, that was the big jump out for me. And I think that work, that's a, a lesson that we can bring into any team. Um, they're not trying to have a little handbook about each person, but, but actually um, just really engage with them with curiosity and set those codes across the organization around behaviors. And of course, an, on the subject of tricky, challenging situations, Bernadette Welch was amazing talking about her work in the Australian government, but also in um, leading the COVID response in, in, in Fiji. And huge amounts of complexity and she really did nail this piece of clarity and if we think about empowerment on autonomy you know we would we've seen in quite a few of these shows that clarity you know the right type of clarity actually gives you those guide rails doesn't it it's not you can do anything but actually the right amount of clarity um, gives people the autonomy to really do their jobs and and get the thing done together and then the third bucket was Community and shared goals. So we, um, you and I dipped into our local community and looked at what had happened there um, and, and what the impact of that was. So you, it was really interesting talking to you about your journey with Ilkley Live and how that had gone from two men quietly playing their instruments in a back garden yeah. <laughs> to something with 60 acts. And uh, you know, it was phenomenal. And, and it was really interesting to hear about, again, about the values and how those are the things that you kept really close. But actually, you have much more freedom within those boundaries, empowering others to, to, to go the direction they wanted to go. Yeah, I think so. And trying not to be too holding that line but weirdly not being too forceful about it the line is held but you're not not sort of too early on going out and being too corporate about it but it really was very similar i think to matronetti and the london writers salon because the thing that i that i think those those two cases share is about following the energy i thought that was just such a powerful thing for matt to say and i think this is true of any team, actually, both for sort of internal. What what's, what's what are people wanting to do? Where are people headed here? What where is the energy going? But also, lean sort of really focusing on the external uh, world and your customers and your stakeholders. Where is the energy here? Because if you can follow that and get the job done, then then that's a, a wise move. That was a, a something that stayed with me from Matt. And then um, actually, it was the first one of the first um, interviews we did was with Gaz Breen from our local Burring Bar community and, and really talking about what he did in helping to coordinate the, the response to the floods. And, and I think that was an interesting conversation around the, the power of a unifying direction. We've heard that again and again, and, and that really brings people quickly on board. Um, and it, it's, it unifies and it intensifies the the activity and also helps to really prioritize you know you very quickly able to go we're not doing that we'll do this but we're not doing that and i i loved his term maximizing assets which i've thought about a lot 
since uh, since he raised it. And, you know, a military term, but a useful one. And, and that sort of uh, just a terrifying question of are you an asset or a liability in this situation? Worth asking every so often. Hey, Phil, let me ask you a question um, about these things. We've looked at some of these ex- sort of extreme cases in a way. You know, we, we've looked at floods and we've looked at you know, we've we've looked at the the um, COVID response and so on. Um, what's in a way something that strikes me is that there's sort of benefit to these difficult situations because every there's a bit more alignment. People know exactly what people are sort of arguing less and sort of about what you're trying to achieve to some extent. Do you think, what's your, what are you thinking on that and how we can? What can we learn from that more broadly for, for, for life in sort of corporate where we're running a marketing team or and there's no emergency to unite us? Well, I mean, it's, it's a bit like they, they talk about the sort of the burning platform and, and traditionally that's what's really, that's got people to really, that, that is what a, a flood or a wildfire or an event even inside, you know, it's battened down the hatches and that brings out the best, you know, and I think that, that's t- going to be very tiring for people to have, keep having a burning platform. They're exhausted already. We've had a lot happen in the last four or five years, and we're not quite sure what the what the stability is looking forward. So I think it's really important. And we this was really clear with the data that Juliet talked about clarity, burning ambition. I think I think we've got to go back out to what we want to be living in. How what do we want? this future to be and how do we create vision, direction, a way of working, standards that we expect from one another and how do we do that in a really compelling way because the alternative is just to batten down the hatches and and wait for a whole load of terrible stuff to happen. And, you know, history will tell us it does happen and sometimes, <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't. But I think actually we can rise above that and really focus on creating a compelling, exciting future that really matters not only for us but for our kids. Um, otherwise, I think we're going to to lose a little bit of the sparkle of things in our life, and we've got a real opportunity to do that. Oh, well said, well said. I, I, you know, we started the show with all those external goings on and they do they leak into us don't they and into our teams and actually yeah trying to help teams right now uh, whoever's in the team to move as you say not to have that burning platform something bad's happening we're sort of it's fight or flight you know limbic response to actually say actually how do we have this um, burning ambition because even john cotter the sort of changed legend um sort of said that burning ambition will burning platform will get change started but it won't sustain it and we need to be sustaining change don't we so um yeah i really hope that teams can start to make this shift into something that's a little bit more pleasurable and actually more productive as well because and we hope to help them with the um with season seven so um we have loads of goodies if i if i just run through the the episode we've got um um, we have ben, ben Powell, who um, hosts the Lad Bible podcast on Extraordinary Lives. I think he'll have some stuff to share. Juliet will be coming in to talk about psychological safety. I'll just give a few examples. We are talking about 
toxic masculinity. We're looking at animals and group culture again. Um, we're going to be looking at um, talking to someone who has transformed the democracy in their town. And we'll be, yeah, financial, financial teams, development teams. We've got so many goodies coming up. And I hope this will inspire and inform our listener um, to, to go forward, yeah, and build that um, burning ambition. Um, in, you know, <laughs> move away from the burning platform. Much better, much better. I think it's a choice. I think really do think it's a choice, and I think that's a leadership choice to um, either succumb <laughs> to all the challenges, and or you know, and I think that builds the resilience. But actually, let's create our own bubbles. And and the other bit I would add to it is, I think there really is a rise of the team. I think I think you know what we've been talking about for the last six seasons. Is starting to happen, and and I know we're both seeing some phenomenal teams that are that are creating amazing outcomes inside a whole range of organisations. So it's definitely this is the this is this is the time for teams now, where you can influence small number and do some pretty extraordinary things together. Absolutely. I mean, r- rationally, those pr- the problems we're seeing can't be solved by individuals. But emotionally, you, you want to, in these tough times, you want to be around others and have that, secu- that sort of security and company. So I think teams are, teams are really giving people what they need. And we're definitely seeing a rise of teams, which is, as you say, wonderful. So can't wait for the next, the upcoming season. But that is it for this episode. Uh, you can find show notes on squadify.net under resources. If you've enjoyed the show, please do share the love and recommend it to your friends. If you'd like to contribute to the show, just email us at wenotmepod at gmail.com. We Not Me is produced by Mark Stedman of Origin. Thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me.